The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'd like to start today's show with a poem by me, Jonathan Dornbush. Uh, Early to bed, gamers will rise, ready to pre-order for consoles they'll try. Refreshing the pages, I think it's in my cart, but an Amazon dog will break many a heart. As websites (laughs) go down, too much traffic they crash. Hopefully you found a way to give them your cash. And perhaps a new console will bring joy this year, but if not, at least beyond, can bring fun to your ear. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 667 of IGN's PlayStation Show. I got really hyped up on coffee after lunch today and wrote that down for reasons I can't explain. Thank you for listening. That was great. I didn't expect that at all. It was a good surprise. Thank you. Anyway, thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. It's been a blast. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, No, of course, we have plenty to talk about this week because I thought, you know, after all the PS5 pre-order shenanigans, it'd be quiet until the consoles came out, but it's never quiet. I should have learned. Uh, So to discuss all of the crazy stuff that we do and still don't know uh, this week on Beyond, I'm joined by Brian Altana. Good morning. (laughs) It's 2 p.m. Lucy O'Brien is also here with us. Good morning. And Max Scoville. Good evening. <laughs> uh, I'm glad whatever time you're listening or watching this episode, hopefully that rang true for you. Uh, of course, I do want to uh, start this episode by saying, uh, Lucy, uh, welcome back in your new setting, your new locale. Yes. So for anyone watching this podcast, I am. I moved. I moved apartments. I'm now in a new um, apartment. It's a little... It's a little more spacious, so I, I apologize if I'm a little echoey. Um, and it's also very, it's kind of like, uh, I, I feel like I'm a sort of murderer um, in a, you know, enclosed space, like plotting, because there's nothing on the walls. It's very clinical. Um, but it's very nice to be in a space that is more than 600 square foot. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see how it progresses throughout the weeks. Uh, well, I've got my face hugger. It's oh, hanging. Yeah. It's hanging precariously. I feel like it's going to drop on my head, and a thousand gifts will be born. It really ties the room together. Really hope. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, aside from face huggers, we do have quite a bit uh, to talk about, especially with this week's news. And while yes, I know it is a little bit Xbox focused, it does affect the PlayStation Five uh, because of the fact that Xbox announced they're buying Bethesda. 
and Zenimax Media in general. So uh, just to give a little background on what this story was, in case you somehow missed it, uh, Microsoft proper announced they are purchasing all of Bethesda and Zenimax Media. So that is, you know, uh, Arcane, Bethesda Softworks, the studio itself, um, Machine Games, I believe they're called, the developers of Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. the, the Tango Gameworks, the entire portfolio of Bethesda will be a first-party-owned series of studios now with Xbox. Um, the already announced Sony console exclusives like Deathloop and Ghostwire will still be honored, so those will still hit PS5 console exclusive, but presumably they're also coming to PC and given that Microsoft makes a lot of PCs, they probably don't mind too much. Uh, and then further from that, we don't really know what future games will be released on. Uh, we will be getting, of course, uh, Elder Scrolls Online is on all platforms. That still seems to be like it will be on all platforms. But any newly announced games, stuff like Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, any of those games and beyond, Microsoft has said on a case-by-case basis, other Bethesda games will come to other non-Microsoft platforms. Uh, I did want to note this is sort of a weird situation because... Bethesda will still be the publisher of these games. They're essentially because they're being owned by Microsoft and not just under the Xbox Game Studios portfolio. They are Xbox Studios, but they are also Bethesda published studios. So it's a a weird uh, bit of red tape there, I guess, to just Mm -hmm. be aware of. Um, I did, of course, want to ask your uh, initial reactions to this news. Obviously, we're recording this. It's a day after. People will be hearing this a couple days after. Uh, Lucy, I'll start with you. I know there was a lot of... Uh, rush to get a lot of coverage of this up on IGN, obviously from both our sides of things. But what was sort of your initial reaction to this news? Oh, so many hot takes. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I think that Xbox slash Microsoft needed this. I think that Sony uh, for a long time has uh, has done well with its stable of exclusives and sold systems because of its stable of exclusives whereas Xbox has kind of floundered in that regard. I mean, of course, there's Halo and Gears and, and, and Forza, but none of those, in my mind, at least in the state they're currently at, are system sellers, right? Um, I think that, that, that PlayStation has a lot more in its breadth of exclusives than, than Xbox. I think that uh, this, whatever this looks like, whether it's, like these these series are going to go purely Xbox exclusive or whether it's going to be a sort of game pass first and and then you know everyone else has to pay 70 bucks on other consoles I mean there are plenty of ways that this could all roll out uh, I think this is an incredible incredible selling point for Xbox um I mean you know we all grew up with Bethesda games or the this is this is not just Bethesda game studios Dorno as you mentioned this is like uh, machine games this is tango there are so many uh brilliant Ed, series yeah. Ed, under yeah. under this banner that now belong to xbox i mean it's it's an incredible 7.6 million dollar win for that company um and you know it it's it's a massive selling point i do i do hope that playstation gamers aren't going to miss out on these games uh, i do hope that that Xbox doesn't leave that slice of the pie on the table because, of course, uh, if a game is sold on a PlayStation uh, and published by Microsoft, they'll still get a cut of it. So there is a logical world in which we could still see these games on PlayStation, Um, and I hope that is the case for people who choose to go Sony only and next-gen. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. It's a... a, a, 
it's an incredibly ballsy move and um and xbox gamers should be very very happy right now yeah it uh it's definitely no coincidence that this happened the day before pre-orders went live for the series x and series right. s right uh brian were you gonna yeah well i i think um it really like top level interesting thing that we're seeing this time around is that the uh sort of momentum between these two titans are in terms of microsoft and 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 sony is swinging and bouncing a lot more than it did the last time around where it sort of felt like microsoft fumbled out the gate and sony ran and just never stopped running and i think that we're getting a little bit more of an interesting back and forth now um i still do believe that uh at the end of this generation playstation will have sold more consoles um but i do think it'll be a tighter race this time than it was last time um as for bethesda it's uh a gigantic move, uh, as we said, $7.5 billion or something like that, um, which is, I, I tweeted this, is $3.5 billion more than Disney paid for Star Wars, which is insane for all to own Star Wars. <laughs> um, and uh, the thing that's interesting about this is that there are a lot of games underneath Bethesda that are huge, but there's also a lot that haven't really been gigantic hits. Um, some have even underperformed. And so do I, I think this does create some level of uh, safety and security for that studio and the people working on the, on the game's edit. Um, the big question obviously is, does Microsoft hold back exclusives from PlayStation in the future in an effort to sort of bolster their own console sales or sales for Game Pass in general? They're right now 15 million people subscribe to Game Pass. The number has gone up 5 million over the last few months, which is huge. Um, but that's less than, you know, some PlayStation exclusive single software games have sold. Obviously, those are one-time purchases and not a monthly reoccurring charge. And so um, they could either hold things back for themselves, but if PlayStation outsells them two to one or three to one again, um, publishing games on competitive platforms will net them money. If you look at the way they're handling uh, Mojang and Microsoft, I mean, and Minecraft right Minecraft, now. yeah. Yeah, they put that everywhere. They've made money off of it. Uh, tons of pretty much any any Xbox exclusive that can physically capably run on a Nintendo Switch has been ported to <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Um, and so it's not unusual to see, you know, Microsoft Studio logos pop up when you're booting up a Nintendo platform. Those lines are getting blurred all the time. So I do think um, depending on how the console sales go, they could say, we're going to continue publishing on PlayStation. You'll boot up a PS5 game and see an Xbox logo, which is weird, but they'll get a little bit of that money. Um, or they go, we're holding on to this forever and hope that people use that uh, as an incentive to buy into that platform. So I don't know. I do think this is going to be one of those generations where you see people owning more than one system. I think yeah. um, PC is going to be a thing that people will constantly have going in the background. Switch will be everybody's companion buddy. I think having a $300 entry Xbox is, is, a, is a big move. Having a $400 all digital uh, PS5 is a big move. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of crossover there, and I think it's going to start to get a little blurrier. But yeah, yeah. it's huge. I'm excited to see what comes from it. To, to your point about sort of the, the critically well-received stuff that didn't, you know, sales succeed, we at IGN have definitely praised some of those games like Prey and right, uh, the Dis right, yeah. Dishonored series. Yeah, They didn't sell well. Dishonored 2, I know, debuted and did not sell well. I think it was like 17th in its first month on sales. If you right. have not played Dishonored 2, <laughs> please, please, please play it. 
And no, so yeah, I can, it's, it's very important ahead. you point that out. So thank you. Yeah. I, I do want to clarify, like, I'm not saying that these things were like critical flops or anything. No, but, totally. I, um, even, even like Doom Eternal uh, essentially dropped off of the MPD within a few weeks, whereas that launched the same day as Animal Crossing and Animal Crossing dominated the sales charts for the last six months. So yeah. Um, Obviously more, different user bases, but yeah, I more meant to say that I totally agree with you in that I could see them holding games like that back to be like, hey, if you want to play these really, really great games, you have to buy an Xbox or, you know, subscribe to Game Pass. But at least for me personally, I just and again, maybe we'll be proved wrong. I can't fathom Fallout and Elder Scrolls being console exclusive permanently, like maybe for the first six months, maybe for a year. But just like the idea of how big those games are and to lose out on the potential sales by being on PlayStation or being on Switch just seems unfathomable to me. But Max, how did you take this sort of initial announcement? Um, I mean, it made me really excited about the future of Xbox, to be honest. Um, We're at this point where like this morning, you know, pre-orders went up for Xbox Series X and S, and I was sort of like, just kind of on the fence about it. And like, at some point I will jump on that and I will get one. But like right now, it doesn't really seem like there's a huge reason to do that, at least for me, because I've already you know, got a PS5 lined up, but like thinking, you know, two, three years down the road, like that does make me excited at the thought of like, oh, if it's like, oh, play Elder Scrolls six first on, you know, Xbox Series X and it's like free with Game Pass. That is like a huge, huge, like, you know, a, a, what do you what do you call it? Just a thing that makes me want it. Sorry, my <laughs> brain is not working. Um, just on a sort of on a, on a broader scale level, I, this is a really good solution to the fact that like, when you look at sort of Microsoft's lineup of like iconic characters, you've got Master Chief and you've got the Gears of War guys. And then it's kind of like there's like rare people sometimes like the pirate from Sea of Thieves, maybe. And then there's like <laughs> battle toads that sort of get like, you know, they get thrown into Killer Instinct or mixed up or whatever. And there's like the, the Forza thief. car. Um, but like they don't have I feel like they don't have this as much of sort of a, an iconic library of like of IPs and characters. So this is a pretty cool way of to kind of circumvent that. And on the on an interesting level, it feels like a really natural fit, I think, because you look at stuff specifically like um, like Doom and uh, and Wolfenstein. And even if you look at sort of the older Elder Scrolls games, those were initially PC games first. And like Bethesda always has this track record of being uh, kind of a PC first company. Um, their sort of dedicated convention is, is QuakeCon, which is you know predominantly like a PC gaming convention. Uh, and it seems like kind of like almost going back to the roots of like, what is an Xbox? And it was a it was a direct Xbox. It was taking the guts of a Microsoft gaming setup and putting it in a console. And it seems like a really kind of organic fit in that sense. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, Doom Guy and BJ Blaskowitz being there on like front and center on an Xbox just feels like a really like it doesn't seem out of place. It doesn't seem like a weird fit by any means. So, right. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to your point about I, I totally agree with you in terms of like, this doesn't make me immediately be like, I need a Series X tomorrow. I did pre-order one, but not because of this. But it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't going to affect the Series X launch lineup. This isn't going to affect the PS5 or the Xbox for the next year because Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 were probably not coming in the next year. But this right. does uh, both to all of your points, basically, this really does impact how I think this generation is going to play out in the long term, which is sort of fascinating because it does it feels different than the runaway success of the 360 or the PS4, like you were saying, Brian, like this does feel different. In the meantime, I do think you can see, you could potentially see their library, the Bethesda library align with game pass on day one, which is pretty cool to just like bring home your new Xbox and have a bunch of games there. Um, Honestly, to like really drill into this, I think that one of the reasons they made this move is because they can't, Microsoft can't compete in Japan 
in the in the way that Sony does. Um, and so going after traditional JRPGs is never going to happen, but becoming a dedicated box for Western RPGs is a pretty smart move. Um, not saying they're robbing those things from PlayStation and PlayStation will still have those things, but PlayStation has this large stable of story-driven third-person games made by incredibly talented developers and Xbox just kind of doesn't. And so getting some, pulling in some genres that are sort of like, you know, aligned with things like that uh, and in similar spaces um, but with a more of an RPG twist is a very smart move. Uh, we saw Sony with the Final Fantasy thing. We saw them with the the Spider-Man thing. Uh, like I want to point out like there's a lot of gloating that goes around when it comes to exclusivity landing in one place and so you can either be mad at all of it or be mad at none of it because it's just going to keep on happening. Like you can't be like, haha, we got Spider-Man. And then the next day be like the Bethesda thing's bad for the industry or be like Sony bought insomniac. This is the best news ever. And then being like, I hate monopolies. Like it's, it's, it, we're all I, heading, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all heading in that direction, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Keep in mind, this is a, an industry where no one has unions and usually yeah. they finish, they finish a game and they all get laid off. So I'm, I'm happy for anybody being, you know, brought into a bigger umbrella for the meantime, if we get to a point where it's like, you know, you only have like, there's two companies running everything, then it gets scary, <laughs> but we're not there yet. You know, like what is it, you know, it's, it, it is, it, we're in unprecedented times insofar <laughs> as like, you know, I mean, when Disney bought Fox, uh, that was a massive bummer. I, I was, I felt really blue about that i mean disney is just eating the world you know and i think um when we see big acquisitions like this i can't help but feel that same sort of you know sense of oh god it's just gonna be three companies in the end like with the out you know what i'm saying right. but um but you know on, on, the, on, on the other side brian like you know I, I do think that you made a really solid point about like there are smaller studios now that have a certain degree of protection like yeah. i felt immediately really stoked for arcane um, which is an incredibly talented studio that has not had its work uh, commercially recognized in the way that it should. Um, and I'm pleased that there is some uh, levels of security for those guys at the very least. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I oh, no, sorry, go for it, Jonathan. I was going to just say, I absolutely agree about that concern. And I think there, it's one of those things where I've seen some people say like, you know, they had to respond some somehow, and this helps even the playing field and offering things to the people who only buy one console. I do think this is only going to spur Sony to acquire whether exclusives from third parties or to acquire more studios. I think this is only going to increase their appetite for doing that in this next generation. They were probably going to already, but I think this is only going to progress that further. Right. No, I was about to say the exact same thing. And I saw a lot of speculation about that, um, which is very, it's like very 90s wrestling, I guess, when someone's <laughs> like, like he brought a chair into the ring, like he should bring a ladder. And it's like, everyone was like, okay, he's got a, they, they have, uh, Sony has to buy Konami now. It's like, do they? Like, why? It doesn't work <laughs> like that. First of all, this has probably been in the works for months, if not years. This was not one of those things where like PS5 pre-orders went up and then Microsoft was like, oh, we better buy a company. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the closet. I got $7.5 billion in cash sitting in there. You know, let's buy fallout. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I do think that that's going to start. You, you, you guys are totally right. You're going to, we're going to start seeing more of that. Um, exclusivity stuff is, is kind of a dirty game, but everybody kind of plays it. And it's interesting because Microsoft for the longest time was like, we don't really do that. And uh, we'll see how that pans out. Like I have no ill will towards either of these companies 
for anything but how cumbersome both of their respective pre-order processes were. But <laughs> you know, like this is it's all business. It's not it's not art. I mean, it is an it's an intersection of art and business, but it's not a charity. And so ultimately these companies do want to make money and they want to maximize the amount of people that can get to congregate to their platforms. And if Microsoft can say we have X amount of games on on Xbox on day one and you know Sony that sounds goes, like oh, a that sounds like it could be a slogan for like Xbox family. We got X amount of games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that is definitely true. I mean and Sony has to respond in some way. That's just great for all of us because competition, you know, breeds a, a healthy environment for consumers. Yeah, I think to that point, I guess I'm I'm kind of torn on this issue because on the one hand, uh you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of these being like console exclusives. Like, a, a, you know, if a bunch of games come out in series that I'm a fan of, and you know, you have to get them on Xbox, that means that we can't talk about them on this PlayStation show. Like, it would be kind of, I'd be kind of crushed if it was like, you know, if I'm like 40 hours into Skyrim two, and I'm like, well, I, we shouldn't talk about that on this show because it's never coming to PlayStation. I, I talked about that uh, the Tomb Raider game, and it was a, a you know a year long exclusive on Xbox, and I talked about it on the show, and there's a bunch of people very cross in the comments. And they're like, that woman has not appeared on the PlayStation <laughs> box yet. Do not speak her name. And I was like, guys, it's coming to PS4. Just get okay, fine. You're right. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's a, that's a weird thing to think about. But uh, you know, flip side, it's like I guess for you know there you see that argument in the comments of every video of like oh xbox doesn't have any games it's like i got games now that's like yeah. that's a, a that's a crap load of games like between that and obsidian and you know double fine and remedy like they're they have a really cool stable of studios there and like knowing that this is conceivably microsoft's big bottomless pit of money depending how much of that they want to actually throw at studios and allow them to do their thing and really like flesh out these games like that that's that's awesome that's great like um I think the, you know, my biggest takeaway when they announced, like there was that E3 a couple of years ago where they announced that they were just buying all these studios left and right was like, yeah, that seems like a little bit of security for, you know, developers working like, you know, specifically like the people who work at Double Fine, which is like right down the mm -hmm. street from IGN. And it's like a bunch of like, you know, weird people making cool indie games, like, you know, so to, so to speak. And it, I, I guess I just, you know, I, I hope I hope this works out well for as many as many people as possible, you know? Totally. Yeah, no, that was a big thing that Tim Schafer talked about because Double Fine's like independence was something they were really proud of. And then people were like, so why did you sell out? And he was like, so I don't have to spend half the development of a game pitching the game to people to fund it and buy it. Like it, mm -hmm. it does allow for some safety that they, these companies didn't have before. And obviously all these studios were under the Bethesda label, but now they're under the gigantic corporation that is Microsoft. Like at the end of the day, it's not just a, the Xbox corporation they're under. They are under Microsoft. And that is the thing that the, Microsoft is doing pretty okay these days. So it yeah. can hopefully mean some stability for these studios. This is also, I mean, we're going to, this is going, we're, it's going to take years for these trees to bear fruit, basically. In fact, they're, I don't even think they're trees yet. I think that like, <laughs> like Sony is in a greenhouse that's been flourishing and Microsoft two or three, threes ago. So we're like, we're going to throw, throw some dirt in the ground and some seeds and gamers were like, yeah, someday. <laughs> um, I think if you're buying into these things right now, like a lot of these studios, you know, aren't necessarily firing on all cylinders yet, or uh, they're like you know, smaller studios that are starting up. There's obviously studios that have been around for a long time that don't necessarily create games at the sort of like AAA, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us caliber. Um, Sony is coming off of a generation where all of their studios have been firing on all cylinders, making tremendous, tremendous things um, to the point that we're starting to see the follow-ups of those things in Miles Morales, in the next God of War, in the next Horizon. And so 
it's a matter of are you buying into a you know platform ecosystem based on the momentum of the stuff you just played on PS4 and will continue to play, or buying into something in hopes that it will one day turn into something that's that big at that level. And so I don't think either is the right answer. I do think that there is more of a sort of immediate. Uh, view of what we're going to be seeing and playing on on PS5, whereas I don't necessarily think that's still fully realized on Xbox yet. You know, yeah, like it's going I've, to take a, even stuff like Starfield is is you know years and years off. So it feels theoretical, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they announced that and Elder Scrolls in the same year and Pete Hines has had to be on Twitter. People are like, give me Elder Scrolls info. And he's like, that's coming after Starfield. And we've told you nothing about Starfield. Now yeah. is not the time to talk about that. Like that is yes. just the reality of a lot of Microsoft's decisions, you're totally right. Even with those studios they bought in 2018, like Compulsion Labs still had to put out We Happy Few on all platforms. Double Fine is still mm-hmm. putting out Psychonauts 2 on all platforms. Like a lot of these studios are getting through the work they were already in agreement to. Obsidian had the Outer Worlds. Like these are decisions they will have to make that will take a little while for us to see if they bring the value to Xbox exclusively. And I mean, that's true of, I think, the PlayStation studios. Like Naughty Dog has made a series that people loved for years. But they they weren't the studio people think of when they think of Naughty Dog now with The Last of Us and Uncharted or right. Gorilla now with Horizon. Like like you were just saying, those things took time to nurture and cultivate. And they, there's a reason Sony's first party stable is kind of collectively looked at like that. Right, right. Um, so it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I, uh, I'm i with you guys, though. I It doesn't change my mind for like the next year. Sony's next year, the first year of the PS5 is such a potentially just insane year of hits and sequels and things that we uh, have to look forward to that i'm very excited to still have a ps5 in this coming year but where things look four or five years from now i'm very interested to see how that console war for lack of a better term takes shape um i did want to speak to speaking of you know the sony first party exclusive and everything i did want to speak to one sort of weird case that we didn't get to like fully dive into after the uh the Sony event last week, but it, it has to deal with the Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, special edition. And I think kind of something we can maybe talk about when it comes to the PS5 as a whole. The um, tangled so web of messaging surrounding that game. Way better than what I said. That's absolutely correct. Uh, so basically, Spider-Man Remastered is coming with a special edition. If you buy Miles Morales on PS5, you get the remastered version of Spider-Man, which is an updated version that the uh, Insomniac team, the way they described it, they did all new assets and art and character work. The The implication of the way they wrote it to me implied this is work that's going toward the next Spider-Man game that they happen to be able to put into this remaster. Um, right. But so they're adding all of that. They're adding a few new costumes. It's a new, tr- a new trophy list with some different challenges and whatnot. Now, that, that is only in the $70 Ultimate Edition version of miles morales coming to ps5 correct yes it's only in that version there are two versions and one's the 50 dollars one that doesn't come with it yeah you can buy the 50 dollars version either on ps4 or ps5 and that is just the base game if you buy the 70 dollars version you get the remaster as well uh dual sense capabilities all those sorts of things that they seem to have done development work for but it it is yeah it won't be available standalone your saves from the original Spider-Man on PS4, if you maybe restarted or were trying a run on a higher difficulty or whatnot, or we're still in the middle of playing, saves won't carry over and there's no sort of free upgrade to the PS5 version of the game. And this is definitely something that I've seen a lot of ire and frustration and confusion over for sure in the past week. Um, and I, I wanted to sort of generally ask 
do do we think this is going to happen when it comes to no, actually, the first question I want to ask is, do you think that anger is justified? I have my own feelings about it, but I'm curious to see what you all think. Uh, Brian, I, know, I saw you tweeting about it a bit, so I want to start with you. But do, do you think people's frustrations about this are right, given the, the work that's gone into this remaster, but also what other companies are doing when it comes to cross-gen? Um, right. How do you sort of view this situation? Well, first of all, to clear the air, I think it's important that we are able to separate mild criticism, confusion, and concern with like anger, fury, crying, and whining. I think those yeah. get conflated a lot, and it's 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 hard to read context in on social media and the rest of the internet with the place was we're stuck all day. But I think that being like, this isn't great. Isn't necessarily being like, I refuse to buy this or this is the worst thing in the world. It's just pointing out that it's like, this is, this feels a little fumbly, you know? Um, I, I saw a lot of people saying like, Oh, you shouldn't even be complaining because you're getting the PS4 Spider-Man game upgraded for free. And I had to point out, no, you're not because if you're paying <laughs> $20 for something, it's not free. It's cheap. Don't get me wrong. It's a great goddamn deal, but it's not free, which <laughs> is just a little bit of a different story. Um, so I think that like my the like small concern here is that, like we said, the messaging is a little fumbled across the board with, I think, a lot of PS5 stuff. Um, if you put your PS4 disc into a PS5, you'll be able to retain your saves from the PS4 game, but you won't be playing the remastered version. If you get the Miles Morales $50 version, you won't get the PS4 remastered version. If you get the $70 version, you do get the remastered version, but your saves from the old game don't carry over. If this was Super Mario Brothers or something short and sweet, I wouldn't care. But this is a two-year-old remaster of a game that had like a ton of unlockable content, a hard mode that was unlocked by beating the uh, endgame stuff, DLC, tons of character skins and stuff like that, um, a lot of missions that i frankly don't want to play again that you know uh, got in the way of the really fun open world swingy kicking guys in the face stuff and so that's a little confusing to me my top level fear here is that what if ps5 is incapable of like basically recognizing any of these old games as standalone games and that every single PS4 game has to sort of be recoded as a PS5 game to be remastered, um, which is different than this kind of smart delivery stuff we're seeing on Xbox. And again, this could be cleared up in eight seconds, uh, along with showing us a few other features about the PS5 that we didn't know about when we rushed to go, go, go and blindly pre-order it. Because <laughs> I did, I'm excited and also depressed, so why not? But what if this is a system architecture that doesn't necessarily recognize these these games as as one sort of sweeping generalization of uh, a, a generation and instead piecemeal individual uh, files that then have to be sort of like languaged up a little bit and converted over to PS5. Like I don't know. I don't know if he has warranted Altano because the way I see it is like, this is kind of a drag for people who already played spider-man on ps4 and, and do want all those unlockables and to just maybe jump into the old game with all those unlockables open and just swing around for a bit and have fun right um but for those who are coming to ps5 afresh and want to jump into miles morales as, as a selling point for that particular system um a 20 dollar remaster of the original game is 
is pretty good. I mean, I Great. think that that's kind of this, yeah. that's just a no brainer. And from a, from a marketing sales stand, standpoint, from a PR standpoint, that makes sense to include that. So, right. you, you know, you know, like that, I, I just sort of see. I got a question. Can, mm. I'm, I'm sorry if this has been explained already. Can, I know that you get, you get the Spider-Man remastered along with the ultimate edition of Miles Morales, if you buy that for 70 bucks and right. you can get Miles Morales on its own for like 40 or 50, right? Yeah. 50. Can you buy the Spider-Man remastered by itself? No. Not Okay. Yet. So yeah. let's say you want to jump into this universe. You don't want to spend 70 bucks, but you want to start at the beginning of the storyline. That's. So it's still 70 bucks probably. Cause you can, you can play your backward compatible version of Spider-Man for PS4 on your PS5. It just will not have any of these upgrades that the remastered version will have. Right. I mean, I get that. Yeah. So. That's just so weird. So like <laughs> yeah. theoretically, if you let's say you didn't want to start with Miles Morales because that is a brand new story in this universe. Let's say you wanted to canonically start at the beginning of this timeline of Spider-Man video games on PlayStation 5 because maybe you didn't play PlayStation 4. The only mm -hmm. way to do that without buying both of them, just just like hear me out here. Like if maybe you don't you only have like a $20 gift card or something, your solution would be to buy the digitally the PS4 version and then play the slightly upgraded ps4 version from from ground one from 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 ground from from step one from the very beginning on ps you, I, I, you wouldn't get access to the upgraded ps4 version with the <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get access to it so basically you would need a 27 dollars gift card to buy uh the ps4 game on amazon and then just put the disc in but that wouldn't give you access to the free upgrade path to the like remastered version. This is basically like when you bought. Yeah. So yeah. think think of it like The Last of Us, right? Like that's a, that's a total edge case scenario. But like, okay, I guess Last of Us remastered it's, makes sense. Kind yeah. So of. The, yeah. What what I another game where your yeah your saves didn't carry over there either. So what what I've been thinking a lot about this is I don't think this would have been as major a concern if one you could buy it standalone and two if the rest <laughs> of this generation cross gen situation was not happening because this is somewhat similar to what happened with the last of us standalone issues aside like in terms of you had to pay for the new remastered version having the old game didn't you know entitle you to the ps4 version if you had it on ps3 you just had to buy it again right had a lot of third-party companies and microsoft and even sony to a certain extent not mentioned they were going to have these free upgrade paths i don't think this would be as big of a problem or feel like such of an outlier situation but because that's the generation we're living in we're going to be able to buy a bunch of ps4 games and then get the free ps5 upgrades for free whether it's um if you buy avengers right now on ps4 you get a free upgrade to the ps5 cyberpunk version. cyberpunk uh, uh the witcher 3 not which control. is yeah. well this just not this control. totally this yeah. this pisses me off on so many levels because like i i understand that video games are infinitely complex but like i don't and i also have no idea how save files work because i'm a simpleton in a party shirt on a radio program with videos, but like, just what does this mean that like every, the, all of my PS4 save files are just like stuck on PS4. Like, do we, this is what I'm asking though. Cause we're, yeah, this yeah. is what we I don't think, know yet. I think they will carry over, but I guess in my mind, the, the system calculates Spider-Man on PS4 as a different game than Spider-Man remastered. Okay. And well, so what about, what about the PlayStation plus collection? Like if I want to redownload Bloodborne on PS5, I think that will carry over because those as this is a, a larger topic that I wanted to bring up. I think all of the games that are part of the PlayStation Plus collection are essentially just 
emulated or, you know, backward compatible versions of the PS4 games, I don't think it's going to be a situation. This is something we don't know, but I don't think with Xbox, if you buy the Gears 5 version on Xbox One, it will play in a better version on Xbox Series X and S. But if you buy God of War on PS4, it will. I don't think it will play better on PS5. We don't know. Like, right. And not, so it's like it's like watching a DVD on a Blu-ray player. Like you're just you're, you're going to get the lower resolution. Maybe I don't. Yeah, it's a yes. it's a question. Whereas we don't know, whereas on on Xbox, it's kind of a little bit more like watching Netflix on your TV and then picking it up on your phone, which is like you literally can do that with with Game Pass on mobile devices now. Yeah. Um, with the xCloud stuff, like you can start playing. I know there's a lot of people being like, oh, they're really kissing Xbox's ass this episode. Just pointing stuff out um, the you can like you can basically save state your Gears game and then pick it up on xCloud via mobile device and it'll pick mm-hmm. up where you left off. Whereas we don't know exactly where if my Bloodborne new game plus five platinum brag, brag, brag appears on day <laughs> one on on PS5 in that version. But what I'm definitely guessing is if they remaster bloodborne i'll that, that i'll have to play that game all over again yeah how dare you <laughs> <laughs> i i mean that's what i think the case we're running into on ps5 because i i actually saw someone i wish i could find the source for this but it was like two or three days ago someone brought up the interesting point of when you look at the playstation plus collection library it's a lot of exclusives but what's not in there is spider-man and horizon one and so we may see this again with Horizon, with Horizon Forbidden West. There may be oh, a remastered version. This again. But the only so it, it's that strange thing of my guess is your entire PS4 library, including your PS4 saves, because those saves are, you know, tied to my PS Plus account. They're in the cloud, whatever. I can probably download those and they will work with the PS4 <laughs> versions or when it's been enabled by third parties like Avengers. I assume my PS4 save will work on the PS5 version. Again, we don't know, but that's well, what my guess is. They've said cross saves will work there. Yeah, well, because there's 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 stuff like Fortnite uh, and and Destiny where your saves are stored via cloud because they're games as a service, and yeah. so those you don't really have to worry about. Um, they magically just appear where you go. Uh, same deal. Like if you're playing Fortnite on your PS4, you can pick up your saves on your iPhone or could have back before those guys got divorced. Um, and so that's that's how those will generally work so if you're diving in a destiny on day one on your ps5 you'll be able to pick up your whatever you do when you play that game um <laughs> but we're not sure about the rest of this stuff my my hunch is that it is the um the worst possible scenario that we can expect here is the one we'll get because if it was great news we would have heard about it by now <laughs> that's my hunch i'd yeah. love to be proven wrong i mean that would be a, that would be I swear to God, I gotta break out of that, if I got to break out of that goddamn Skyrim jail again, I'm just not playing Skyrim. Again. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely playing out of that wagon ride. I mean, God I mean, damn. Also, it also it speaks it speaks to you know like Xbox's like transparency over this stuff that I find that I've been finding quite admirable in this like whole marketing cycle is like the transparency around if you play. Uh, on the Series X, it will upgrade automatically. It'll just look better, right? Yeah. And yeah, I do. It, it is the thought of of, and I know Sony's gone with the whole like we have walls of generations that we're putting walls down, and you know you've got to upgrade to the net. And so in that regard, it's kind of very much in step with that message, but it's also incredibly frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And this it, this it, is why I just buy Resident Evil 4 all the time. Because if you, you start up Resident Evil 4, there's two guys in the car get mad at you, you push start, and you can shoot the bird. It takes half a second. 
do it every year um no it is (laughs) it is that very weird situation where i don't know the full extent of this and i did kind of want to talk about like these lingering questions that we have when it comes to the ps5 because we did we all pre-ordered ps5s a lot of the audience pre-ordered ps5s if they could find them but we also don't know so much even when it comes to like this whole backward compatibility situation which is something microsoft put in a video you know six months ago and was like here's how the series uh, xbox one to series x will change and here's what you get and you don't need to worry about x y and z and right now for the ps5 at least like the things that really stick out to me is we don't know anything about the ui we don't really know about the full extent of backward compatibility with ps4 games and how it will work uh we don't know if ps4 games will run better on ps5 or if they're just being emulated i think the spidey situation probably means they're not uh upgrades have you, have you guys read about the psvr stuff that there's gonna be we'll need an adapter we'll need an adapter but it'll be free but how? How how are and we gonna where? Yeah. <laughs> like, you won't you won't be able to just you can't just plug in your PSVR into your PS5. You're gonna need like a dongle, but it's gonna be like a proprietary Sony dongle, and we don't know where they are, what they look like, or if we have to order them, like will I will I be able to I don't have one yet, and I haven't ordered I haven't seen one, and I don't know where I can get one. So hypothetically, if I wanted to buy PSVR on day one on my PS5, I don't think I could because I don't understand that yet. But we don't, yeah, it's not, we just don't know anything. No, as soon as, as soon as like the word dongle enters the conversation, <laughs> everything falls apart. Do you think it comes with an adapter? Like that, like that crappy little headphone that the PS4 no. comes with? No, we've I, already I seen everything hope, in the box. Yeah. It, I feel like it would have been mentioned on the website, like in the fine print somewhere. But again, who knows? I like I don't know if they're how do I prove also like is it just gonna be available for everyone? Do I need to provide proof that I have a PSVR? Like do I have to, you send have to in take a, a picture of yourself a photo wearing of it? Me? Yeah. Holding <laughs> up like um, the newspaper. <laughs> here's here's be, my expert level up, beat saber run. You have to hold up like a piece of paper with your PSN name on it. God. <laughs> Verify it is, me, PlayStation. <laughs> but I mean the, the PS4 PSVR support is something we don't know. We don't know what the PlayStation Plus plan looks like going with PS5. Like we don't know if there will be PS5 games on it day one, if the collection is just gonna offset that and they won't include PS5 games for months. Um we don't like now that we've had this Horizon and Spidey and Sackboy situation. Uh, we don't know. I think it will be, but we don't know if God of War Ragnarok is going to be an exclusive or if it will be on PS4 also. Like there are or PC. so many. Yeah, or PC. We we still have so many questions. About, At least about concerns. Yeah, but it's just like it is that strange situation where we are a month and a half out, a little under two months from when we're going to have PS5s in our homes. And we don't know what it's going to look like when we boot it up. We don't know if my PSVR will have an adapter for it. It's mm-hmm. I don't so many weird. Store, the, the, like the store front looks like, you know, yeah. if they're bringing back that giant vertical column of letters again. Oh God. Who knows? Please no. I hated that so much. I guess uh, my big question around these, like these questions for lack of a better term is just, do, does any of it worry about, worry any of you going into you know day one of ps5 we're going to be able to play spider-man hopefully we're going to be able to play demon souls like these things should presumably let us play games on day one but beyond that there is just it feels weird to not know so much at this point i guess speaking I mean, for myself yeah. like it does feel it, it does feel weird and it, it is like you know my eyebrow is slightly raised but that's about as far as it goes like i'm getting a ps5 because i've since I was a kid. I've loved the PlayStation exclusives. 
I've loved the risks that PlayStation takes with games. Um, I love the risks that allow uh, studios like Quantic Dream to exist, even if I don't necessarily, you know, like like all of Quantic Dream's games. But I, but I, I, I've always preferred Sony's stable of exclusives and its attitude towards creativity. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm super, super stoked to move into the next generation with Sony and those upcoming games. And like, if there are issues around backwards compatibility, that's a drag, but mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me from being excited about this console. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. It's also like, you know, the Nintendo switch launched three years ago and it still doesn't have a UI and they're selling <laughs> millions of units there. What do you um, mean? You can make your uh, home screen either light or dark mode. That is true. That's, That's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only two themes really that you need <laughs> light and dark. Um, uh, and so I, I, I do think it, uh, obviously these, this is such a different situation too, because th- these are, these are machines that constantly evolve and ebb and flow over the time. The UI that we're seeing at the beginning won't be the one we see at the end on, on either platform. Um, although the PS, the PS4 one pretty much remained intact. Um, yeah. but I loved it. You know, I loved it from the start, but their, their storefront changed a lot. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think it's, it's not so much, um, it's not so much not having seen these things, but not really even having a roadmap of when we will. Um, I'm okay with them keeping a lot of surprises for when we open the box on day one. I think that's special and and pleasant and nice and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it's also like I, they are. I, I don't know if they're if if they're going to like roll up and be like on a random Saturday morning again, be like, hey, on on Wednesday we're going to show you how game saves work or we're going to show yeah. you the ui or here's how you buy stores or we're going to show you how ps plus works we saw that whole lineup of of the ps plus you know library coming and we I, we don't really know if any of those are getting any significant bump running on modern hardware uh you know stuff like bloodborne never got a pro patch so I, I, yeah i just i, I just want to know more about that it's it's less about um being worried about you know my purchase as a consumer For and sure. more about just sort of like the you know just the curiosity of like what what how is this all going to pan out and what are you going to tell us yeah it's um it's definitely something that i think you see microsoft being so aggressive about saying these things so early on because they have to they have to mm-hmm. they're working from a, a place of second or third place depending on how you look at all of it and they need to convince people to come buy their box or subscribe to their uh game pass so it totally makes sense but i i'm very much with you there in terms of like the next year i just pulled up the the ps5 exclusives announced for the next year and this is you know ps4 and ps5 games also included but from sony alone demon souls destruction all-stars Sackboy, spider-man miles morales astros playroom uh god of war horizon forbidden west returnal ratchet and clank that's all in year one mm-hmm. that's a pretty great way to start a uh, generation like that is so different from last gen where at launch it was Killzone and knack and then infamous second son came like four months later and don't that forget was Resogun. and Resogun. thank you um i love Resogun. i can't wait for returnal but yeah it is a it is such an exciting year to look forward to that even though there are all these lingering questions, I think it's, I'm, I'm very much with you there, Brian. It's like, a, I just want to know because I'm excited, but I, I do hope that we get more transparency. They, they apologized over the weekend, I think, or yesterday for the mess up uh, when it came to pre-orders on yep. Twitter. So I think that's the most transparent I feel like Sony has been in years. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, to sort of be fair here across the board, um, for all of the features and functions we've seen on Xbox, uh, we haven't really seen a ton of Series X gameplay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think this is a weird year, obviously, across the board. You know, messaging anything has been difficult and cumbersome, but um, it's, I, I don't think that either. Either console manufacturer has been incredibly sort of clear and transparent about uh, everything rolling into this gen. But I mean, they're going to ship, right? <laughs> like, so we're going to have to see all this stuff eventually. We're going to have to find out all this stuff eventually. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. For now, it's a question six, mark. Six, yeah. I'm it's still a question mark. about the weird stuff because there's inevitably going to be a bunch of like strange little debacles that come with the a dongle. <laughs> yeah, the dongle or like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, too the much first thing that. The first thing went wrong with PlayStation 4 was like all of the all of the thumbsticks started shedding mm-hmm. like prematurely. Mm-hmm. They got blisters, yeah. which was usually your thumbs get blisters, not the actual joysticks, which is <laughs> an odd one. Or like, I don't know, Red Ring of Death type situations, which is I hope that's not the case. But like, I don't know, what if the what if the PlayStation 5 like has a defective fan that makes a spooky ghost noise or something? Like, it actually I was reading about this. They're theorizing that it it's basically for five or six hours a night will scream in pure furious terror through 3D audio. And it just Perfect. blasts out. So you'll be like sleeping and it's just like for five or six hours. So it's I really hope the dual sense just feels like mud just randomly <laughs> just out of nowhere it's like why is mud in my hand it gets your hands um, really wet yeah it makes you feel the mud uh anyway yeah it, it will be exciting to get answers to all of these things and we are weeks away from being able to do that which is sort of weird and surreal uh but before we do get there i i do want to make some time for i put a call out uh, a while back on ign we have a, a new initiative going on through our uh Yappa platform that's on IGN. It's in the comments of every article. You can basically leave us a video or audio message uh, to be able to, uh, you know, chat with us directly, and we'll we'll chat back in the show. Uh, some of the other podcasts have been doing this. Even you've been listening or hearing, uh, watching, excuse me, and we'll be doing them as well. Uh, this is from a question I put out a few weeks ago before all the PS5 craziness happened. So we will have PS5 questions for you all to uh, chime in on. Uh, so look for those in the weeks to come. But for now, for this week, uh, I had put out a call to ask about what your favorite PS4 uh, exclusive of the entire generation was. Uh, and so we have a response from uh, Brenton who left us a video message. So why don't we play that? Hey guys, Brenton from Dallas here. So my favorite first party PS4 game is actually Horizon Zero Dawn, but not for the reason you may think. So the game's amazing, story's amazing, absolutely adore the combat, but the reason why it's my favorite choice is actually because it's the one game that was the system seller for me. PS4 was actually my first Sony console, and prior to Horizon Zero Dawn, there was plenty of games that I would like to play, but no one game that was a system seller until E3 when Horizon Zero Dawn was announced. The whole premise of that game the setting the world the idea really drew me in especially as a creative type um and my love of sci-fi so that's my reason uh, beyond 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 yeah, thank you for leaving that yeah I, I really like that response because i i do think it, it's something i know lisi you've talked about a bit especially since you reviewed it but it, it horizon was one of the, the first games i think that really like felt like it looked next gen and felt like it really was taking advantage i crap this when i said it like many moons ago back in the studio when i said that horizon zero dawn was the first game for me that made me think wow this is the playstation 4 running 
um, in its top echelon of capabilities. It was like, this is, this is, if someone were to look at this and go, okay, I need, I need a PlayStation 4. And, 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 you know, people gave me crap for that, but it's true. I'm sorry. It's true. And I still maintain it. It was an incredibly stunning game. And, and of course there have been incredibly stunning games subsequently. Um, but for me, that was the first time that I was like, wow, this is, this is next gen is here. And I mean, you know, this is talking about last gen, um, hence my, uh, slight, nervousness around the fact that the uh forbidden west is going to be uh, a playstation 4 game as as well as ps5 yeah I, I really love um when a game becomes sort of like a trojan horse for uh, an entire library like it's it's really cool where it's like one thing will snag somebody and get them in and all of a sudden they're like oh i'm here now like i guess i can play god of war and i can play bloodborne and all this other fun stuff um yeah I, I think i still think that game is you know such a triumph especially the fact that it was like it's a new ip starring like a, a sardonic hippie who just yeah. like basically <laughs> runs around beating people up with a stick she's like she's she's weird, unex- inexplicably just horny i love it yeah. like she's just a weird horny hippie with white girl dreads yeah i mean she it shouldn't have worked she, but it's- <laughs> she she was she is a true underdog from the get-go, but she, you know, also incredibly endearing as a protagonist. I loved Aloy. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you there, Lucy. I'm, you know, a little trepidatious about it being a PS4, PS5 cross game because they won't be taking full advantage of PS5. But hopefully that just means it's a good setup for whatever the third Horizon game is. Yeah, I mean, um, you, just, you, you picture like, like Parappa and, and Kratos and Nathan Drake all at a party. <laughs> And Nathan Drake's like, hey, I called my friend uh, Rainbow. She's coming through with some <laughs> weed cookies. She's kind of mean, but she's cool. This, Everyone's like, oh, she smells like patchouli. That's true. The particular <laughs> type of girl, right? Like, who's like, she dresses in like beaten leather that she made herself. But she's like, her parents like have a house in the Hamptons. Yep. She, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she comes to the party and she's always got the weed cookies. Exactly yeah, right. She, goes, no, she I, goes in the kitchen and sees a coffee mug and is just like, <laughs> what is this? Where did you find this antiquity <laughs> she brews her own moonshine yeah i know i went to art school with like 200 girls like that so welcome you feel, to the party yeah feel right at home in the first party lineup um <laughs> but yeah thank you brenton for the message and i'm glad horizon uh connected with you so much that you ended up jumping into the playstation library but uh i think those barks from loki are as good a sign as any that it's time to wrap up uh so look forward to uh more questions i'll tweet them out we'll put them on ign and everything but if you want to be part of the show uh via video message you can be uh in the weeks to come and i'm sure we'll have plenty of ps5 related questions but that about wraps it up for beyond episode 667 thank you max brian and lucy for joining me this week thank you to red our producer uh remember beyond is live every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific at beyond ign.com youtube.com slash ign beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world please go like subscribe ring that bell whatever it helps us uh you know get the show out to a bigger audience and there's probably a lot of people curious about the ps5 right now but uh thank you for listening and watching you can find us all on twitter i'm at jm dornbush brian is at agent bizzle lucy is at lucy o'brien and max is at max scoville uh and be sure to check out everything else we're doing on ign.com of course uh tons of stuff happening because it's quite a busy time of year but anyway thank you so much for listening and watching we hope you're safe we hope you're well and as always beyond beyond beyond, beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.